This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to Crossbody of Work. My name is Evan. I am Javier. This week, we look at the career of Canadian wrestler Andrew Test Martin, better known, of course, to all the testicles out there as the Punisher. (laughs) Yeah, actually, so you were saying before we recorded that as a guy who started watching a little later than I did, his gimmick in TNA, his one-off gimmick in TNA is how you knew Test first. Yeah, because I, okay, so spoiler alert for later in this podcast, we cover a match from TNA Hard Justice 2007. 2007, I was absolutely watching TNA. I was in the trenches for that company. I was watching every episode every week. Yeah, I knew him as Andrew Martin, Uh, because I'm sorry, I just, I wasn't. I was half paying attention in 2002 and three uh, because I was, I was a literal infant. Yeah. Uh, I was, just, I was a toddler, quite literally a toddler. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, I, I wasn't paying attention to test as much as I was paying attention to Brock Lesnar, you know, the undertaker, Kurt Angle, yeah. Eddie Guerrero, people like that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, when he first came into my life, he was just Andrew Martin, the Punisher, the guy who wore the the the, the speedos with the gloves and looked kind of cool. He he looks so vaguely Heidenreichian, but we'll get to no. that. No, Heidenreich looked vaguely Punishery. Oh my god! On this podcast, if you've never listened, we talk about a wrestler through five of their most important matches, maybe not their best, but five matches that kind of encapsulate different parts of their career. So looking at Test, we're going to cover lots of different things. Him, His work as a tag wrestler, some of his biggest singles moments, his jump to TNA, a lot of different things with Test. What do you know about Andrew Martin? What are some things you are aware of with Andrew Martin and Test as a, as a wrestler and as a character? He's Canadian? Sure is. So, something about being like a security guard for bands or something like that? Yes, that was part of his debut. So he debuted in the WWF. October 25th, 1998, on an episode of Sunday Night Heat as an unnamed bodyguard for the band Motley Crue, who performed on the mm. show in a planted was event. Was it three count? It wasn't three count, unfortunately. Uh, Martin threw an overzealous fan off the stage during the band's rehearsal. Uh, so that was kind of how he was introduced to the company. And then weirdly, his actual debut was on the December 14th, 1998 episode of Raw, where he aligned himself with The Rock by attacking Triple H. A week later, he made his in-ring debut. He teamed with The Rock to defeat Triple H and X-Pac, and then he joined the corporation. And when in the corporation, he received the ring name Test, since he usually checked the mic by saying Test, Test. Now, (laughs) you and I were talking before we started recording. Test is on an all-time level of bad ring name. And we were talking specifically about 
one name, non-real name, wrestling names. Test being yeah. one, Edge being inexplicably a terrible one. Edge is... I, I can't believe we've allowed this to happen. This is Edge's, like, what, fourth decade in wrestling? Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I cannot believe that we've allowed this to happen for damn near 30 years. How the fuck have we allowed uh, this man, Adam Copeland, to go by Edge? He yeah, may have we- invented WrestleMania as Edge. Yeah. And, like, there are other ones. Some of them are a little bit more, you know, they feel like a wrestling thing. Like, Axe and Smash feel wrestling-ish. Undertaker makes sense with a gimmick. That's fine. But, like... Same with Kane. It works. Kane's fine. But things like Zip and Skip, that's bad. The Goon. Goon is bad. Festus was bad. I mean, that's a name. Quangs. Quang. No, we talk about this. Nails, it, to me, is number one with a bullet. It is written in permanent marker. It is nails with a Z at the end. Like, it, it is It is with permanent marker. It is. I, I might tattoo that motherfucker. It's, it's, there's no passing that. Our, our Mount Rushmore is nails, edge, test, and meat. Because <laughs> you can't have meat off the list. His name is Even meat. fucking meat. <laughs> Me and meat. All right. So the first big thing that Test would do, he's part of the corporation. He would have some some uh, pieces as like a just a heavy because he's a big guy. His build height is six six. Though I will say I have a collection of SmackDown themed wrestling cards that I found in my belongings. It lists Test on this card at a different height. What? How tall do you think they list Test at? I just think he's listed taller, so I'm going to go like 6'8". They list Test at 7 feet tall. All right, well. <laughs> Which is incorrect. Test is 6'6", six, six, build is 6'6", six, six, 285. Big guy. Big guy with a big heart, and that heart had its its eyes set on Stephanie McMahon. That was like the first big thing that Test did, was he was aligned and he was starting to date Stephanie which is like, I remember this vividly watching that because like, they seem like a nice couple. And we've covered their wedding before. Go back and listen to our special weddings episode with Mallory. It's a great time. Ooh. Oh, that was that was messy. It was a messy episode. It was very messy. Part of the thing leading up to the wedding was a love her or leave her match where Shane McMahon, Stephanie's older brother, wanted to wrestle test to break them up. And so our promo is actually the promo about their how they get to that match. Um, we see Test and Stephanie arrive at the Target Center. I will say, Test has like Matrix style drip all through the late '90s, early 2000s. Tiny glasses, all the tiny yeah. glasses, and it works. It does. It does work for him. We get he, a video. You know, he has some weird uh, fit choices. In some of these things, and I'll be honest, kind of work. They, kind, they would work in like a fashion week right now. They 100% would you'd be like, oh, yeah. you must have come back from Milan. Harry Styles is taking one look at those pants and being like, oh, okay. I can wear those. Okay. So we get the video of Test and 70 arriving at the Target Center in Minneapolis. We get a video of Shane crashing the Livewire set, which was hosted by Michael Cole in a t-shirt. <laughs> I feel like everyone needs to see Michael Cole looks so young and hip. So he, he looks very cool. 
He looks like the guy. He, honestly, he kind of just looks like like if you had told me that Michael Cole was Nardwar, I'd believe you. Nardwar is one of my favorite people on Earth. He's Nardwar's a nutwork, but he he's great. <laughs> he knows too much. Uh, so Shane yeah. is saying that um, he's going to turn the match into a granite street fight. That way he has a little bit more of an advantage against a guy like Test, because this is before Shane was the best wrestler in the world. We get a peek at the Test and Stephanie love story, which is, it's it's fine. It's not the greatest love story ever told. They get That's, caught in 4K. Yes, they do get caught in 4K. They, they, they are caught saying, look, oh, we're going to just be friends. Just kidding. They're lying. Yeah, uh, Tess gets absolutely jumped. The the Meat Street Posse absolutely jumps this man over many weeks. Yeah. Uh, at one point, they are they are absolutely laying in on his ass, Shane included. Uh, Stephanie comes down and tries to like grab Shane to to get him to stop, and he like elbows back without looking and just rocks her shit. Just clock Steph. We also learn in a way that Joey abs is Stephanie's ex. They went on one date and it was terrible. It's not, it's not an ex. That's not what an ex is, but it's the way it's portrayed. And I, Joey abs who has, who does nothing in the wrestling industry, aside from being in the mean street posse, his time to shine is when he's being a complete dirtbag to the boss's daughter. It's actually pretty well, he's known her because he actually knows Stephanie because he's yeah. like, shoot, one of Shane's childhood friends. Yeah, it's a weird thing the Mean Street Posse did. So Test runs through the Mean Street Posse. He breaks one's arm. He breaks one's ankle. Like he's fucking everything up because he's just running. His goal is to is to get Shane off of Stephanie's back. He says he accepts the challenge. We'll continue to fight for Stephanie. SummerSlam is going to be your final fight. I truly thought he was going to say your final test. And I was really, really excited. And he never did. My boat is ready to take the MCAS. Uh, <laughs> it, cuts, it cuts to uh, a backstage promo right before the match. Yes. Uh, hi, Kevin Kelly. Kevin he's, Kelly's the one conducting. Yeah, he's interviewing Tess. He's, and Tess says this match is all about Stephanie. Shane has been sniffing way too much Grey Poupon if he thinks he's going to pass the test. Then I popped because he said pass the test. It's such a stupid off. fucking name. Uh, he's, he, he doesn't care about his injuries. Uh, he ba- essentially says Shane's been doing too much. And then Shane comes in and attacks him with a stick. Kendo stick tells Kevin Kelly to shut up immediately. Shane, clearly the boss's son. Like, fuck off, I can do what I want. Jumps Tess with the kendo stick. And that leads into our first match, which, of course, is the lover or leave her match versus Shane McMahon, SummerSlam 1999. Street fight rules, of course. Um, Tess walks by Kevin Kelly ahead of the match, taped up ribs. He says the time for talking is over. Uh, Shane comes out, and then out comes in Hawaiian shirts, the posse with one broken arm and one broken leg and one just concussed. Uh, and with they the sit braced. and they sit on a specially like set up couch at ringside. They just found a couch outside the target center and we're like, there you go. <laughs> you think they went to Ikea? Absolutely. They went to Ikea. Uh, what did you think of this match? 
a Tess looks like a million, uh, like a trillion dollars. He looks, he's so good. He's so over like, too. He honestly, if you like took that entrance that he had where he's taped up all this stuff and he was walking down the ring, I'm like, all right, fuck it. I don't even know what, I don't even remember what pay-per-view this is. What is the SummerSlam 99? Yeah. Fuck it. Put, insert him in the main event. Make it a fatal four way. He's walking out with the belt. Yeah. Put Ventura, the belt on that man. Ventura's putting the title on that guy. Obviously, I, I mean, I texted you during the, the weird match, and it's just because it, it's obviously going to be a street fight, and it's Shane McMahon in like his the infancy of his wrestling days versus Test, who's still pretty green. Test only started wrestling in 1997. He debuted in 97. I will tell you, this is how Test was uh, found. He met Bret Hart at a restaurant, and Bret offered to train him to wrestle. Like, Bret was like, you're fucking huge. You should come wrestle. And so so Andrew Martin spent eight months training under Hart and Leo Burke, who's oh, another wow. Canadian retired wrestler. Yeah. Pretty cool. You know, um, I like that. Um, I yeah. will say, you know, just watching Tess throughout all this stuff, you know who he honestly reminds me of, like, Ooh. with his ring work? And I feel like once I say this, you're going to be like, yeah, uh, W. Morrissey. Big That's exactly who I had. That's exactly before you said anything. Wrestles just like him. It's true. It's true. It's a lot of the same move set. Um, just a general aura of being imposing. Like maybe not the best on the mic, but like a general presence that you can't really teach. Yeah, you can't teach that. Like you know? a big dude, but honestly, doesn't wrestle like a big dude. No, has a little bit more finesse to his game. Yeah, and I, I don't know, but he's also not like massive. Like Big Cass was a big guy. Don't get me wrong, but like he's seven feet Big tall. Cass. Yeah, but he's realistically like six eight. You know, <laughs> so you stand him up against like the Undertaker or whatever, and he looks just kind of like a like a like a just a tall guy. We call we call this the opposite Victor Wimanyama. Yeah, uh, who is apparently listed now at seven, seven five, five in shoes, like. What Jesus the Christ. fuck is that? Um. Anyways, we get back to this match. Uh, they go rings uh, or test immediately is jumping Shane, who is in front of the posse, going like, "What the fuck are you guys doing here?" Yeah. Uh, Shane's punches have gotten not even the slightest bit better. No, it has been twenty four years. Yes, they're still bad. Uh, Shane does the spear in the ring. He gets right hands. Back by drop by Tess. He tosses Shane into the steps on the outside. Shane is dumped into the crowd. Tess drinks a soda and tosses it. Shane. Tess has the sauce here. He is in his bag early. Like I, it's great, man. I'm telling you right now. If you if you put him in that main event and have him win, I'm not booing. Shane tries a crossbody off the barricade, gets power slammed, and then Tess military presses Shane onto the posse on their couch at ringside. Then picks up like a baking sheet and just headshots to all posse members yeah all i'm saying is look man say what you want i know he's wrestling shane mcmahon in the posse you put this version of test right now in the wrestlemania 39 main event against roman reigns no one's booing no one is asking for Sami Zayn. i mean i i'm nervous that anything they try to do with cody is gonna be hijacked because of the love of sammy and I but love it sammy. hasn't been yet it you hasn't know? Like, been yet but i am 
cautious. It wasn't in Montreal. It wasn't in Ottawa. Like, if it's not happening there, then it's it's not happening. You know, yeah. I think that they need to add a little more. I think that sooner rather than later, they need to get Cody in front of Roman, like in yes. person. Because I'm very tired of the, not that it's not good with Paul Heyman, but I'm very tired of the, I have to finish the story. I'm now pissed. Someone pissed me off. I need to finish the story. I'm going to WrestleMania to finish the story. My dad, like, I understand that. And that's good. And that build that that's a nice little, uh, little appetizer for, for what we're going to get. But now I need more substance. You know, I need, I need more. I need the face to face interaction. I don't want to see the program being built on Cody's uh, confrontation with the aura of Roman. I want to see him confront Roman. (laughs) I will say one of my boys who is not a wrestling fan, doesn't watch wrestling, ended up going to the raw in Ottawa. And he wanted to quote me to say that edge was robbed, Uh, but also (laughs) electric. He said, he said electric show would go back 10 out of 10 times. So fun to see Lita because he, he was he did watch wrestling growing up. He's oh, like so cool yeah. to see Lita, uh, and he walked away a big fan of Sammy and Kevin. Those were the two. He was like, I get it. I see, I see the appeal. So that was that was cool to see a non fan uh, get the uh, immediately see the appeal. Breaking news from the boy. Oh boy, so Raw's coming to Boston March sixth. Okay, the same day that was announced that John Cena is going to appear. Oh my god! I've had tickets for that show for like two months now, and I'm so excited that the following week is in Providence, Rhode Island, like an hour drive. My buddy and I, who are going to that Boston show, have purchased tickets to that Raw as well. I love that you're a Mark. It's my favorite thing. All right, back to back to the match. Shane hits Test with a mailbox and a do not enter sign. Classic things to have at ringside. My favorite was just King when he when he grabs the uh, do not enter sign. He's being like, "Oh, that's from that's from some sort of road in Greenwich." And I'm like, "King, how the fuck do you know this?" King's got sources. He's he's an investigative journalist. King uh, went to, to to the McMahon house one time and was like, "Oh, I remember that road." He grabs a picture of the posse and Shane and cracks it over Tess's head. I thought it was going to be like a canvas. Like, oh, and it, his head goes through it. No, it's glass, and it fucking shatters everywhere. Why the fuck is there a framed picture of the posse? You don't have framed pictures of your boys? <laughs> Just do you? <laughs> Can't say I do. Can't say I do. Um, Shane, back in the ring, hits a jumping back elbow. He goes yeah. up, tries to hit a, a corkscrew moonsault, but Tess gets out of the way. Yeah. Uh, uh Powerbomb by Test. Rodney with the distraction so Shane can kick out. Test then accidentally big boots Mike Kyoto. He closed on Shane to the outside, lays into him with the do not enter sign. This is when the posse jump in and just start taking everything apart and trying to just beat the shit out of Test. The funny thing is, like, they're still selling their injuries, which yeah. is hilarious. Because which one of them? They're, I don't even remember all of the posse's names. It's Joey. There's Joey there's, Abs. There's Rodney. And then Pete Gas. Oh, Pete Gas. That's the one I'm missing. Mm-hmm. Which one wasn't Shane's friend? I have no idea. One of that them is... was not actually Shane's friend. <laughs> I know that. that I can't remember great. which one it was. Uh, but one of them it just has the neck injury, and he's just going to town. Oh, Joey Abs was not 
friend. So Joey Abs didn't know Stephanie, and he was the one who was presented to be her act or her, the person we're going to date on. But Pete Gas and Rodney were both professional wrestlers or both friends and worked as the Mean Street Posse. I would have guessed it was Rodney. Um, anyways. <laughs> So, yeah, with the Posse's jumping test, they're all still selling their injuries, which is hilarious. Um, they put Tess through the announced, or on the announce table, tell Shane to go up. He does so and hits his diving elbow drop to the outside and through the announce table, which Shane has done like every year that he's been an active competitor since 1999. Yeah, he's really good at it. I have a fascinating piece of trivia that you like go impress your friends with this one joey abs who before he was joey abs wrestled in matt and jeff hardy's like omega uh promotion in, in cameron north carolina made some appearances as an enhancement talent under his real name which is jason arnd and in 1996 was the first person on television to receive a stone cold stunner from stone cold steve austin on an episode of superstars so the first ever Stone Cold Stunner on TV was to Joey fucking Abs. The first stunner was to the goddamn Mean Street Posse. Before he was the Mean Street Posse, he was just an enhancement talent. Fastly I like stuff. to think yeah. this is long-term booking. Shane does the jumping elbow through the table. He loves it. Honestly, he's great at it. It's the thing he's best at. Let him do it. It's not punching. Uh, there's that. There's the, the corner-to-corner thing. Yeah, uh, Van Terminator. Pretty much, honestly, let Shane do anything off the top rope. I'm kind of okay with it. Dude, dude's got hops. Dude can jump. Aside from that, though. <laughs> uh, so the posse roll Test and Shane back into the ring. They throw water in Shane's face to wake up, but Test gets a shoulder up and he survives. Uh, Shane knocked out by a posse member by accident, but Joey Abs pulls Shane out of the way, so uh, Test can't get a three count. Rodney hits test with his cast yeah. uh, and Shane's able to get a near fall off of that. And then after that, the stooges come down. The stooges are back. Pat Patterson Pat- and Gerald Briscoe are back. And in a way that your parents probably hate some of your friends, they clearly hate Shane's friends and they beat the shit out of the mean street posse. Uh, test Gerald, big Gerald Briscoe. I don't know which one of the posse gets it, but one of them gets absolutely level with a chair. Like Briscoe bodies a man. Like when, when there was that, it reminds me of that exposed headshot that AEW did, and everyone was like, "Whoa!" It was so out of nowhere, and it was a clean hit. Uh, Gerald Briscoe was in pent up aggression, but yeah, then the match continues. Yeah, uh, J- Test does a big boot to Joey Abs. Uh, he hits a pump handle slam on Shane, and, and uh, then gets up to the top, hits a flying elbow drop. One, two, three. Test wins the match. Which means that Stephanie is allowed to continue dating Test, and we all know that that went flawlessly. Uh, we are going to take a break when we get back. Test is part of a very famous tag team. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back from the break, Tess turned heel. After uh, the whole thing with Stephanie, he ended up turning heel and aligned himself with Albert. And the two were, of course, known as TNA. And were managed by a debuting Trish Stratus. At WrestleMania 2000, they defeated the team of head cheese, Al Snow and Steve Blackman. And then their next test to try to climb up the ranks in the tag division was at Backlash 2000, TNA versus the Dudley Boys. How long do you think TNA were a tag team? Oh, man. Um, I don't think they made it a year. They were a shade on 12 months, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say like, like 10 months there. I remember them so vividly that I thought it was like a, like a year and a half, two years of being a tag team. I just, but then I was like, no, those timelines don't match. Well, my thing was like, I I think they started teaming towards the beginning of 2000. And then I know Trish was on her own by 2001. So yeah, I just assumed they stopped. (laughs) Yeah. And they stopped. They did. Um, but I I think I remember TNA and I'm like, oh, of course, like it was really good. And then I realized that I think the reason I remember it so vividly is because it was the vehicle to debut Trish. Which, yeah, which you know what? Good. I'm OK with that. I yeah, am very I'm, OK with that. I'm OK with that, too. Um, Bubba Ray is obsessed with Trish because I guess she kissed him at some point, um, which that's a little extra wrinkle to the match. Yeah, you know what? I'm obsessed with Trish too, um, but but it's not be- for the same reason. Um, I wish. So, Jeez. so we could just keep it, we could just keep it moving. Uh, <laughs> what'd you think of the match? What'd you think of the tag match? I thought it was solid. Um, I, I don't know. I thought it was good tag work. Also, we need to circle back to something. They defeated Head Cheese at WrestleMania. Yeah, brother, we've gotten to the a point in today's wrestling where like. We are struggling so hard to find spots on the WrestleMania card for like fucking Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley and shit like that. And Ricochet. Ricochet is not going to be at WrestleMania. I can guarantee that one. But at one point, WrestleMania had head cheese against TNA. Yep. And it was like fine. And it was totally fine. We were all, and the thing is, it was probably over as hell. Uh, what the fuck? So Albert and Devon are in the match to start. We get tagged to Bubba. He closes on Albert and says, I'm going to get you, you little bitch, to Trish at ringside. <laughs> JR says, did Bubba Ray call Trish a witch or something else? And I miss when JR was really quick on the draw. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I miss it. I love him to death. I still think it's fun when he calls matches. It's just the like the banter piece is not as um, fluid. The banter piece is not be. there. It's just no. not there at all. No. Uh, but you, can still, you can still call a match, but the banter's not there. I mean, he can, yes, he can physically go out there and call a match. That is exactly, he could definitely do that. And that is as much as I would say about today's version of Jim Ross. Um, anyways, this match was, was interesting. Uh, it, it's good match. It's a great match. 
as far as like the the tag team thing you know what this match honestly reminds me of it's just like a like one of those tag matches you'll see on raw or smackdown and you're like it's a pretty good match and you it's like a forget tag about match it that makes you think oh tag division is probably pretty good right now like yeah. the, you know how you know when the tag division's hot in wwe where you're like like trying to think of a, of a specific time period but like you know Oh hey, the you know the Usos are good and the New Day are good and there's also the revival you know, around revival here. here. Alpha Academy's yeah. been called up or, or American Alpha's been called up or whatever. You're like, oh okay, Tag Division's good again. So we yeah, can we've have got, like, we've got Rhino and Heath Slater over here. Yeah, it's it's one of those things like, oh look at the depth. That's great because like these guys are looking to move up the card. Like that's part of it. Um, it's also weird to see a tag team, and I know there have been them before, obviously. But it's always weird to see a double big tag team because somebody has to be the less big of the bigs. And Test is wrestling that way. Like, Test is but the more finesse guy. Yeah, it's a weird dynamic. It's weird because he's not the one that takes the heat in this match. It's no. Albert. Which, Albert's huge. Albert's a fucking big man. That does, I feel like it's not talked about enough how fucking massive Matt Bloom yeah. is as an individual famously thick king albert honestly we might have to put him in hoss month this year i would be down for that 100 percent. because then we get Tensai. That's a big boy we get lord Tensai content um so we get a double suplex and a what's up that's not a what's up because they haven't started doing the taunt yet by the dudleys yeah they haven't added that part to it, which i thought was just an interesting little wrinkle uh, some good stuff here. Uh, at one point, Tess hits a gut wrench power bomb. Very good. Yeah, they TNA do like an around the world slam on Devon. I don't know what they actually called that move during this match, but I just noticed the around the world slam. It's, it's an around the world like flapjack. Like, that's what it is because yeah. you land f- face first. Um, and then uh, Devon at one point gets a little bit of life. He hits a swinging neck breaker. Uh, but Albert distracts the ref so that when Bubba gets the hot tag, it's not a hot tag because the ref was looking, so the tag doesn't count. Yeah, Just there's good tag two of, team psychology. There's two of those that happen where Jimmy Corderas misses the tag because of a distraction by either Tess or Albert, which is good stuff. Uh, Bubba breaks up a cover at one point after there's like the catapult into the middle rope onto the neck. Uh, Tess Albert, says, screw you. Yeah, <laughs> Tess doesn't give a shit. Uh, when we do get the hot tag, rate the Bubba hot tag. It's okay. It's a lot it's of clotheslines. It's clotheslines. I do like his Samoan drop. I think Bubba has a a, a fun Samoan drop. And to- now, we as a society, we have to come together and discuss the Samoan drop. Okay. Um, you you want to summit? You know, we're just we're we're just gonna we're just gonna hand out some subpoenas because. It's you know how we are very much on the sit out power bomb is is really hard to mess up. Yes, I think a move that is also difficult to mess up. It, it's possible. There's like a there's like a point five percent chance, but is is it's really difficult? Is is the Samoan drop? How do you fuck up a Samoan drop? <sighs> you're you're right. You bring a really- Jax didn't even fuck up a Samoan drop. That's fair. Yeah. It's possible. Like I said, it's possible. There have been some instances where it hasn't looked great. And he's usually on the person that's taking it. Like they just kind of fuck up their own positioning. Uh, and it's really hard for the person doing the move to adjust yeah. when you're just on their shoulder, pretty much. Um, 
but you yeah, know, it's it's again, we're handing out some subpoenas, but uh, uh but, yeah, but we're, we're Simone not, we're not Drop Summit. Yeah, Simone Drop yeah. Summit is coming. Yeah, it's coming at some point. I don't know what, and I don't know who's hosting. It can't be us. That would be appropriation. But uh, but it's coming. Yeah. Rikishi, obviously. Uh, so Albert gets tossed to the outside. We get a reverse 3D, not the real 3D, just a reverse one. Test kicks out. What is that called? Does that have a name? No, they literally just called it a reverse 3D, even though, like, they called it a 3D, and I was like, that's not a 3D. But it's just. Because it's a setup move. They do it all the time. They do. Uh, Albert with the A bomb, which was really good to, like, sit out uh, two handed choke power bomb. Yeah. Test goes up top, but Devon pulls Bubba out of the way of the diving elbow drop. The 3D is called for, but Trish distracts Bubba with her feminine wiles. Oh, my God. Um, as, as discussed previously on this podcast, Trish Stratish is the, the woman who uh, sparked my early puberty. Um, so seeing this was an entertaining uh, point for me here as a, as a viewer. Sometimes when you watch the wrestling and someone gets distracted, you're like, you're an idiot. How are you distracted? We're going to give it a pass. This week, yeah, this time it's okay. This, this time it's pass. okay. Uh, Bubba turns around into a big boot. TNA get the win. Continue to head up the up the uh, tag team rankings. This is actually a, a really big thing for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, t- th- uh, Team 3. I was about to call them th- Team 3D. I really am a TNA, Mark. Um, yeah, yeah uh, the Dudley boys, after the match, they hit a cutter on... Uh, Test Bubba hits the cutter on Test, and they hit a 3D on Albert. He grab uh, Bubba grabs Trish. They set up the table. They do the power bomb from the middle rope through the table spot. Trish does a stretcher job. Yada yada. yada this yada. is Trish Stratus's first bump on TV. Could watch that woman bump all day. And what a bump to take! Getting power bomb through a table for your first bump. Welcome to wrestling. These are the types of fun things we do. All right, so TNA would disband before the end of the year. On December 28th, 2000, Albert attacked Test at the orders of Stephanie McMahon, disbanding TNA and turning Test face. As a singles wrestler, he would be in the Royal Rumble. As you know, He always was filler in the Rumble. Uh, he defeated William Regal the night after the Royal Rumble to win the European Championship and lose it to Eddie Guerrero at WrestleMania X7 with interference from Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn. During the Invasion storyline, because the Invasion storyline starts happening around here, the APA were suspicious of Tess's friendship with Shane McMahon because Shane, like, even though they had the lover or lever, they had actually been boys because Tess was was close with the with the McMahon family. Prior to Shane's heel turn information of ECW have the alliance, they decided to attack Tess because they thought he was the mole, only to find out he wasn't. And in retaliation, he on the August 9th, 2001 episode of SmackDown turned heel by joining the alliance and helping DDP and Canyon defeat the APA for the tag titles. That's how, when we get to this next batch, Test is on Team Alliance, despite never wrestling in ECW or WCW, which, honestly, if that's the reason, that's fine. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's fair. I know there's lots of other problems with the Invasion storyline in general. That's fine. But if some, if you're worried about a mole, and then that they get mad at those guys and decide to turn their back and become a mole or, or switch sides, I think that's a fair motivation. That makes sense. I can piece that together. Yeah. You guys want to fuck with me? I'll fuck on you. Exactly. At Survivor Series 2001, there was a title unification match where 
Edge is the United States champion. Test is the IC champion. And we are going to have only one of these belts going forward. So IC title, the U.S. title unification match. Two terrible one-word names, Test and Edge. God fucking damn it, man. And the crazy thing is, Edge is a big boy. Edge is tall. He's lanky. He's a very skinny guy, but he's tall. Edge is like 6'4", 6'5", somewhere in that range. He's taller than John Cena, who John Cena is 6'2". And he's like noticeably taller. Uh, And he is like tiny compared to Test. Yeah, he is. Test, Test towers over this man. Also, you know, I will say Tess, Tess no longer looks like a star to me at this point. Though I do like his shiny pants. I, the, honestly, the pants are very baggy. It's, it's not, it doesn't work for me. Doesn't work for me. It's not his best look, but I just like how shiny the pants are. Uh, you know what I need? I need at this point, if we're, if we're just going all in on this, I, I just, you know, it's 2001, right? Um, I need Tess to just just rock the triple XL T-shirt, uh, and, and you know just just go full into it. Bring in the early two thousands fashion. If you're gonna wear the freaking puff pair, those look like fucking parachute pants. If you're gonna wear the parachute pants, wear the triple XL shirt. Do you Honestly, want te- Do you want Tess to be like a spokesperson for Rockaware? Like, no, I want him. I want him to be a spokesperson for G Unit, baby. That's where we're going with this. <laughs> That's what I want. Oh Jesus. You you wish Test was B squared, don't you? Oh my God! If I'm telling you right now, if Test had been B squared, this podcast would be national. Not only would it be national, it would be like it would, Pat McAfee would be our employee. That's how big we would be right now <laughs> if Test were B. Because we would we would just be diving into Test Test history as B squared. Oh my God! So, what do you think of the of the actual match? I thought it was fine. Honestly, I. Being completely honest with you, I this is probably the match I cared about the least of the bunch. This is Test's highest rated singles match. That is fucking insane. I think it's the finishes, because it does pick up in intensity near the end. The, the whole beginning is pretty slow. I think it does pick up to a good pace near the like middle end area. But I didn't yeah, think these two had good chemistry. I really didn't. I thought it was like one of those. It's like the AJ Shinsuke Nakamura thing in WWE. Yeah. Where like the match was fine. But like it just kind of the match ended and you were like, ah, I kind of. Yeah, kind of. Some fell off. You yeah, know, which went a little work. different. Uh, so early domination by Edge. He's choking with his boot. Um, or early domination of Edge. Tess choking with his boot, dropping him face first in the barricade. Edge gets a baseball slide. He slams Tess head into the barricade too. First big move is Edge with a swinging neckbreaker, but only a one count. Test is a very powerful boy. Yeah, Test hits a stun gun. Uh, he starts working Edge with the hold. That's like you get the so Edge is like sat on the mat, and the knee is getting driven to like the upper back neck area, and he's kind of just like wrenching him by the bottom of the chin. So uh, I'm so glad that you didn't have a name for that. Because I wrote it out exactly as you did. Knee, knee to back, hands on chin, pulling back submission by test. And then I wrote, what the fuck is this called? I don't know. And it happens I, a lot. <laughs> you know what I will say? This had my jaw on the ground. It is the first time I have ever seen that move utilized. And there was an arm raise spot. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is weird. 
I was my jaw. I saw that, and my jaw hit the ground. That's a weird call. I didn't even put that together. That is weird. He's, it just doesn't make sense. He's not getting choked because it's literally right on his chin. Uh, Tess, like, there's no oxygen restriction. How is he passed out? He has is the match is barely gone on. We're like five minutes in. I know he's fine. Tess runs into the corner on an edge dodge. Then we get a top rope drop kick by Edge for a two. Tess hits a power slam for a two count. Edge misses a middle rope crossbody. Tess puts him up in the turnbuckle. Edge avoids a superplex. Tess avoids the sunset flip and goes for a flying absolutely fucking nothing. And Edge gets the drop kick in and both men are down. Tess is allowed to do flying nothings because he did do axe handles drops from the top rope. So yes, like yes. he had a move that legitimately made sense up there. It's when you see guys who do like fucking four fifties and they do a flying nothing. I'm like, what were you what were you going for? Why are you here? Uh, he was look going at you to do a delay, ricochet a off the fucking top rope and getting your face. Like, at least Ricochet flipped and then got his face kicked in by Adam Cole. Oh no, well he did a fucking moonsault. That was a springboard yeah. moonsault. I was conflating it with uh, Shelton Benjamin, who was doing a flying nothing when he got his head taken off by Shawn Michaels. Hey, 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 hey. that's a three quarters of the ring flying nothing. Thank that's you true. very much. By uh, one of my favorite know, wrestlers of all time. It's funny. Speaking of Ricochet, uh, r- literally like 20 minutes before we started this recording, uh, I saw a clip of Ricochet in PWG doing a fucking 630 into thumbtacks. And this was like, honestly, based on like his look, I was like, this is probably like a few months before he signed with WWE. That is fucking insane. A six thirty, full on, into thumbtacks because the guy moved out of the way. You don't need to do it. Uh, so we get the power sl- or we get the the flying nothing and the drop kick. Uh, the trading right hands edge with clotheslines hits a crescent kick face buster for a two. Tess goes for the pump handle slam. And I want to know your thoughts on the pump handle slam as a finish. I don't understand. I, I don't get the point of it. Like, it's fine when, like, I like the Riptide. Like, Rhea Ripley's version of it, where mm-hmm. you, like, turn it into a powerbomb. Cool. It's a unique way of getting into a powerbomb. You know, I think that there's a lot of ways you can turn that position into a good finisher. There's that. Uh, there's the bitter end, where it's just basically yeah. turned into an STO. Uh, the, you know, stuff like that, but it's, it's just, it's just an extra way to hit a power slam. Let me hit you with little regalese if I could. I think the thing about the pump handle situation is the fact that you're like, everything is being moved around in a way that you're, un, that you're unfamiliar with. The fact that your head is down, the fact that your arm gets moved around is disorienting for the average wrestler. So then when you're magically flipped up onto Tess's shoulder, you're already more disoriented than you normally are. And then to be, to take a flat back bump is maybe a little bit more devastating than it would be otherwise. You know, I have a counter to that road dog. Hmm. That's a good point. Uh, so edge Tess tries to hit the pump handle slam. Edge turns into reverse execution Tess manages to hit a spear. Tess hits a spear. It's okay. It's not great, but it's okay. Oxy? Better than Edge's. Well, Edge's spears suck. We know this. We love Edge. His spears suck. Shit spear. Yeah. You know who had a good spear? Fucking Sami Zayn. The yes. one that he hit on Jey Uso, that was a good spear. Very good. Tess goes for the big boot and misses. Hits a pump handle slam, though. Edge survives. Edge gets a spear. We get two count. This is, I think, where the drama really is building with with the fact yeah. they kick out of each other's finishers once. And I was like, okay, like I can see this is getting a little bit more um, 
it's getting a little bit more space than maybe your average mid card title match in this era. Like you're getting yeah. a little more to work with. I mean the the look, man, the versus a power bomb it's with a hurricane rana, it's a spear. Like that's some you know, they're they're starting to string together a little bit of of uh high consequence kickouts and yeah. not near falls and stuff, and that that's cool and all. But it's the fact that the match just ends with Edge rolling test up. Yeah, victory roll. One, two, three. The Intercontinental Championship ceases to exist. Just kidding. It'll be back in like six months. I didn't know Edge was an Intercontinental Champion. <laughs> well, you learned something today. Later in the night, Test would win the Immunity Battle Royal, allowing him not to be fired by the winner of the winner-take-all match. Uh, that we covered in a Minnesota in January. Uh, he wasn't scheduled to be in the match, but was because he beat the shit out of somebody and stole their spot. Guess who he beat the crap out of? Shannon Moore. You are closer than I th- I thought you'd get. Similar, like, lower card tag guy. Scotty Too Hotty. Like, what? starts with an S. Yeah. We're going to take a break. When we get back, we are looking at the TNA run of Andrew Martin, but also it's time for the testicles. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Back from the break, October 2002 is where we're going to start talking about it. There was a brief time where Test was in the Un-Americans. Do you remember the Un-Americans? Yeah, is not the that's like the the Christian uh, Lance Storm. Yeah, those people. Exactly, Christian Lance Storm, and there was one was other Un-American. Incredible. No. Uh, it was somebody else. I know that. It was it was was not just incredible. Oh no, it was only three. It was only Landstorm, Christian, and Test. Uh, oh. so he was part of that. They dissolved, and then Test received Stacy Keebler as his on-screen girlfriend and image consultant. Fun fact: they were dating in real life. They had been since two thousand and one. Yeah, oh, they dated good for two thousand for Test since two thousand one to two thousand and five. This began by Keebler telling Test he should embrace his fan base because much like how The Rock has the people, Kane has Canaanites, and Chris Jericho has Jericho-holics, Test needs something to call his fan base, and he called them testicles. Stacy was trying to, to impress the testicles. Pause. This culminates with Tess changing his image. So this is where he gets rid of his, his trademark leather pants for normal wrestling trunks. He cuts his long hair into his short hair. And that's yeah. where we look. It ain't he, it. You don't like the look. I think he looks very generic. You know what it's missing? You know what it's missing? Gloves. Yeah, you just love your 
Punisher look. So in May of 03, Tess forms a tag team with a returning Scott Steiner because Stacey Keebler thought it was a good idea for his image. And at Judgment Day, they faced Laura Sistance in losing effort. Test and Keebler eventually split up because of ongoing mistreatment of Keebler because Test turns heel and starts being a misogynist. And so we get a match at Bad Blood. It's Test versus Scott Steiner for the right to have Stacy be their manager. So this is weirdly our second match out of four where a woman does not have the right to choose her partner and it's decided in a fucking wrestling match. Wrestling has been very dumb before. That's a good thing. That's a good point to put on here. Well, hold on. Managerial services, though, I feel like that's more like, is she contracted to 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 manage test? Because it might be an exchange of paperwork there. I but don't at feel the like same this is time, a, this is a personal relationship. Type not deal. getting to decide who she gives her managerial services to. It's not as bad as Shane being like, I'm going to beat up your boyfriend so he's not your boyfriend anymore. I don't know, man. I just like fucking Nate McMillan was just let go by the Hawks. And apparently for months, he's been like, let me go. Like, I don't want to be the coach of the team anymore. But he was under contract and they didn't feel like cut, like firing him. So they didn't, you know, I didn't. Uh, why didn't Nate McMillan just start doing the Eric Bledsoe tweets? I don't want to be here. I'm sorry. I was at a salon. Those, those are my favorite tweets. Uh, so. Let's also talk about the fact that we get an appearance of Big Booty Daddy, Holly, if you hear me, oh. era Scott Steiner, Chainmail, a lot of a lot of arm movement. God bless. Shout out to Big Papa Pump. Uh, you know, Bad Blood 2003 is that not the pay per view where Goldberg won the big gold belt? I believe it is. Yeah, that 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 thing. Um, anyways, I'll, you look it up. I'll start the the, the whole thing here. Uh. Shout out to the big booty daddy, big papa pub Scott Steiner. He comes out over as fuck. Very over. He also, after him, Stacy does come out. I forgot that she used to come out to Legs by ZZ Top. I couldn't have told you. Fitting. A fitting thing. Uh, yes. Oh, no, this isn't where Goldberg wins the big gold belt. Goldberg beat Chris Jericho on this one. Triple H defeated Kevin Nash in a Hell in a Cell match at Bad Blood 2003. Yeah, we're just going to swiftly move on from that one. You don't want to talk um, about Stone Cold Steve Austin defeating Eric Bischoff in a redneck triathlon? So so <laughs> at one point here, Stacy does not want to be anywhere near Test. And she's like trying to get away from him. And he's like grabbing her and not doing anything. So Steiner decides, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leap onto this dude from the apron because we're going to start the match with some offense. Well, that's because... Stacy, so Stacy tries to get away from Tess. Scott holds the ropes open for her to get in, and Tess yanks her off the apron. And so Scott's like, "Well, can't have that." Scott tries to dive at Tess. How does that go for Scott Steiner? So apparently, Scott Steiner has. Uh, if this were two K and you were building a a, a my player, yeah, uh, the his vertical would be one. It would be yeah. literally one. Absolutely no bunnies. Empty Playboy Mansion, no bunnies. It was, there was, it was not even close. Yeah, like the camera had to cut away. That's how bad yeah. he missed. He's got, he can't brew beer. No hops, <laughs> nothing. The Anna Ferris movie, he ain't produce it. No, 
the, it goes straight from winter to summer in Scott Steiner's household. No springs. Looney Tunes? This just Daffy Duck. No bunny. No bunny. We should not be allowed to speak in public. Um, <laughs> we, sh- we shouldn't have an audience. I appreciate you all for listening. We shouldn't have one. Um, what, do you think of them? <laughs> what do you think of the match? Uh, this was absolute dog shit. This was a terrible <laughs> It's a bad match. It's not good. I heard it. As, as, a, as, a, as a very bald and wise and tall and very brolic man once said, yeah, I heard it. And I got to say, it's the biggest piece of dog shit I've ever heard. It's, it's not good. Steiner's, you know, he does his clothesline flex elbow. He hits some push-ups. Test is a classic thing where he uses Stacy as a shield at ringside and then throws Scott into the stairs. Test has some weird character work here where he's just like way over the top, like he's rubbing his ass and looking at Stacy. And it's like, what are you what are you doing? Is that how you is that the Riz? Is that what he's you're just, doing? He's trying to get heat, man. I don't know. Uh, uh some people are Riz gods, you know? Sham and some, and some are Test. God. <laughs> And some are test. <laughs> so some got riz. Some are testicles. Um, test hits a scoop slam and then does uh, push-ups like Scott Steiner did, which is just fast push-ups, which I just have to say, I don't know how people do that. I don't know how you do a fast push-up, like a, like a series of fast push-ups. Because, yeah. look, man, I like to think I'm pretty strong. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty in shape. I can't fucking do that. I've never seen anyone do that. How the fuck are you doing? What, do you have to be like five foot eight, like very compact and brolic as hell in order to do it? No, because these are both big boys. But like, I, I I only see it when it's like Marines doing like push-up competitions. You know what I mean? Like, and they, they can fire them out real quick. And it's like, cause you've done a, you've done a bunch of these your whole life. Like, this is I don't know, what you man. do. I, I feel like, Brian Danielson could probably do a thousand push-ups. I don't think Brian Danielson can do fast push-ups. That's and I can live with that. I can live with that. Long sleeper spot by Test. Uh, Steiner catches Test off the rope, hits him with an overhead suplex. Steiner with chops in the corner, rains down some right hands. Test eventually gets a full Nelson slam. Pump handle slam is dodged into reverse DDT by Steiner, which didn't look clean because he didn't quite get like all the Test. Although I like the way he like kind of hooked it, he like hooked the arm a little bit and then did yeah. It. I think it was because he fucked up the grip at first. I think that was unintentional. I mean, look, man, I don't care if it was or wasn't. That shit looked pretty cool. Um, Test hits a pump handle slam for a near fall. The pump handle slam here—that was the best one we see of any yeah. of them. Like it's vicious, and I think the thing with the move is there needs to be pretty much no delay from getting them up into the position and slamming. And this one was you know, the quickest. You know what else it is? Is Scott's a shorter guy? He's thick as all hell. He's the yeah. big booty daddy. But he's, I mean, Scott Steiner's what? Like, he's not, I don't even know if he's six feet. Um, he, he might That's be a, good question. a little shorter. But Scott was, I don't think Scott Steiner's that big because there's a noticeable height difference between these two guys. Yeah. Um, so I think that's Scott's what makes listed, it Scott's listed at 6'1", so let's call it 5'11". Yeah, he's 5'11". Yeah. Um, and then, so Tess goes to the corner. He starts removing a turnbuckle. Stacy Keebler stops him, grabs him. Uh, Steiner tries interference, interfering uh, by just decking 
test from behind, but test moves. Um, and he like stops himself or Steiner stops himself before he clears out Stacy Keebler, uh, allowing test to hit a big boot for a near fall. Yeah. Tess wants a chair. Stacy has to take it away. Cause she's like, no, don't hit Scott with the chair. Even though that would technically have Scott win by DQ and Stacy would be able to hang out with Scott. Anyways, oh, Tess shoves Stacy down dick move. Steiner dodges the chair shot and it bounces off the top rope and hits Tess in the head. Tess's cell job is tremendous. Yeah. Uh, he looks like a I, fucking Looney Tune. He, it's, it's fucking great. It's like when uh, when Elmer Fudd accidentally shoots himself with his own little shotgun and he, like, he gets woozy. Steiner hits what I classified as a reverse STO. I don't know if it has a name, but that's pretty much what it was. It's just kind of like an STO. Yeah. Uh, Stacy is electric because Steiner wins. She's thrilled. Do you remember how this feud ends, or this this storyline goes after this? I have no fucking idea. August eighteenth, uh, Tess defeats Steiner again, winning the services of Keebler, and announced his intentions of quote making her a whore. At Unforgiven, Tess again defeated Steiner, forcing him to become his manservant. Steiner then got mad at Keebler, blaming her for the loss. Test then frees Steiner of his obligation. The pair become a tag team where they both treat Keebler like shit. The only reason Stacey was freed from this is because Mick Foley was co-general manager for two nights and freed her from her contract, ending the year-long angle. You know, it's it's tough for me to be able to comprehend that a guy who goes by the name Big Papa Pump uh, nickname the Big Booty Daddy, uh, would 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 be respectful towards a woman. I just got to say that anybody who wears that much chain mail, with that much muscle, with a dyed dyed hair goatee, but like yeah, they keep that like the middle part of the goatee not keep the, dyed. Keep the soul patch dark. Yeah, that's that's where I uh, that's where I draw the line. Tess was released from his WWE contract on November 1st, 2004 uh, in a series of releases. The only other two people who were released with him, two other like notable names, of course, his former TNA tag partner, A-Train, uh, and Daddy Ass, Billy Gunn, was also released on the same day. Uh, Tess would go to the independent circuit, do a couple of things, you know, keep busy. But in March 2006, he returned to WWE. He was sent to ECW, was a dominant force in the terrible December to Dismember Extreme Elimination Chamber match, eliminating Hardcore Holly and fan favorite Rob Van Dam before being I just bounced. Thank you for not putting that on here. No, fuck no. Uh, he was bounced in the match by Bobby Lashley and then was released in February 2007. He then debuted, and you knew this was coming because we talked about it at the top, and TNA as a face under his real name. He allied himself with Abyss and Sting, and that leads to our match. It is TNA Hard Justice 2007, of which the entire pay-per-view is free on YouTube. Go and watch it. Cool. Shout out. It I is just watched a, the match. Yeah, me too. No, like not on the link you have on the on the thing. I just I found the match because for whatever reason it wasn't working. It would send me to TNA's website, and then mm. it was like a pay for subscribe thing. And I was like, can I just find this? Because what is this match called again? It's like a death cage. <laughs> oh my brother! It is the Doomsday Chamber of Blood match. Yeah, that. Um, that. Let me tell you something. Doomsday Chamber of Blood very easy to find. Very very, very. easy to find. It is 
the team of Abyss, Sting, and The Punisher, Andrew Martin, versus AJ Styles, Christian, and Tomko, a.k.a. The Christian Coalition. So, let's talk about the rules of a Doomsday Chamber of Blood match. It is a steel cage wrapped in barbed wire. You have to pin your opponent, but in order for them to be eligible to be pinned, they must be bleeding. It's a weird... So, it's a first blood, like, starter, and then a hardcore match appetizer. Or, like, an entree. It's weird. It's like... Remember, um, what the fuck was that match that we saw? It wasn't, a, I don't think it was a King of the Mountain, it, uh, where you had to pin someone first before you could place it. It was a King of the Mountain, I think, but it was also like you had to pin someone first before you were able to put the title up on the hook. Yeah, I'm re- I'm vaguely remembering these things. Was, I, yeah. I don't remember whether it was the Kurt Angle episode or not. It was because Kurt Angle was in the match, so was Christian, Jeff Jarrett was there. I think AJ was also in that match. It was, uh, a weird it, match. It, was, it was a it was an interesting thing going on over there. King of the Mountain matches are terrible always, but it was the pin that that really made that one stick out for me. Um, yeah, Evan, you know, like I said, the Punisher Andrew Barton was the guy that I knew. Um, I fucking hated Christian's Coalition mostly. You know, this is when I knew I was a mark. I was probably like ten years old when this happened. Not even. I was like nine um, at this point. And I was the biggest AJ Styles fan in the world. It was like me and then it was Wendy. Like we were just <laughs> two people. Um, and, and I fucking hated Christian. I hated Christian for years. Remember when John Cena debuted on Raw as the WWE champion after the draft? Yeah. Guess who interrupted him? Christian, Christian. Tomko. So guess yep. who I fucking hated? Christian and Tomko. So at this point, when AJ aligns with them, I'm devastated. Uh, so I'm just hoping that anything bad happens to them. So this match is getting set up. Abyss is bringing in someone uh, to be him and Sting's third man in this whole ordeal. And so when Andrew Martin debuts, and I see this motherfucker, his name is The Punisher. There was a Punisher movie that came out in the 2000s that my dad really liked watching. Yep. And because of that, I was like all in on this. This was my guy. Everything about this. And then, lo and behold, I go back and watch the Attitude Era when I when I come back uh, to, to, to watching wrestling and all this jazz. And guess who I fucking see? I see Andrew Martin with long goddamn hair fighting for the love and affection of Stephanie McMahon. It's so weird when because I, I, I had the opposite experience. Obviously, I knew Test, and I didn't see this in TNA. And I'm watching him, and I'm like, you look like Heidenreich, and it's a weird vibe, and you're hanging out with Abyss and Sting. We're weird dudes. And like, this match is a fucking weird concept. Let's also a normal man. There's a there's a promo. I don't know if you saw the promo pre match where I did. AJ Styles shakes a thing of band aids. He's like, I'm not going to bleed in this match. And Tomko has to remind him that band aids stop bleeding, but don't prevent you from getting cut. And I was like, was Styles a moron in TNA? Was that part of his gimmick? Is that he was he fucking was the- dumb? He was the goofy. Uh, it was a comedy comic relief of the Christian Coalition. That's such a weird role, considering Christian is a goofy human being. Anyways, um, the, the most like the the headline thing of this entire twenty minutes that we endured uh, throughout the the beginning and end of this this match uh, is that Pac Man Jones was taken out. Adam Pac Man Jones is a part of TNA. Uh, yeah. He is there with the truth, aka our truth. Yeah. Um, and he he's been taken out. He's been taken out, and they they are they are freaking out about it on commentary. 
They truly are. Mike Tanay is not pleased. Abyss gets mugged because Christian Coalition enters together, but he enters by himself, and that that's a bad idea. They just beat the crap out of him before he gets down there. And then Andrew Martin comes out to support with his bleach buzz cut. It goes dark. Sting is just in the ring because Sting has supernatural powers, if you didn't know. You know what's crazy is he got there real. He got to the spot fucking fast. The lights were only out for like a solid five seconds, not even five seconds. And this isn't edited, man. This was shoot. Like the lights were only out for like five seconds. How the fuck did he get there so fast? He headshots Tomko with a chair when he gets there. Uh, Styles jumps onto Abyss from the ring. Tomko is busted open on the announce table by Sting. Test is in the ring with Christian. He hits a big boat. Uh, also, whoever gets the pinfall in this match is going to get a title shot at No Surrender against the winner of Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle. Cool. Spoiler it's Kurt Angle. Yeah. Test with a pump handle slam, but he can't pin Christian because Christian's not bleeding. Still a Sad. weird, it's a weird thing. Uh, Christian tries to leave, but there's barbed wire there, so he's like, oh, well. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> Mom, I'm, I'm not having fun anymore. Come pick me up. Yeah, um, at one point, AJ does a fucking flipping topay or corkscrew topay out of the ring uh, to Abyss because the cage door is open. Yeah. Um, Sting eats the cage a couple times. Uh, the Punisher, like you mentioned, it hits a big boot to Christian, but can't get the pin because he's not bleeding. Uh, then we cut backstage, stretcher drop for Adam Pac-Man Jones. Yep. Which, but, you know, we just got to speak of. Pac-Man Jones is probably the most famous mid-cornerback of all time. He was so mid. He was just fine. Honestly, if you look back at his career, guy was a bust. Because I think he was like the 10th pick in the draft. He was the 6th overall pick. Yeah, there you go. What was it, like 2006? 2005? 2005. Yeah. I will list I will list some players who went after Pac-Man Jones. And just, just for fun, I'll only list players who were on the defensive side of the ball. All well, right? 2005, Aaron Rodgers, right? That was the Alex... Uh, Aaron Rodgers, yeah. But also, like, just saying they wanted to stick with defense for that sixth pick. Could have had Antrell Roll, Carlos Rogers, Demarcus Ware, Sean Merriman, Thomas Davis, or Derek Johnson, all of whom went in the next nine picks. Sean yeah. Merriman was a first rounder? Sean Merriman was a top 12 pick. I thought Sean Merriman was like a fourth round pick because he was one of the picks nah. that they got in the, the Eli trade. Yes, and this was this was the pick from the Eli trade. Oh wow! Uh, but they part of the Eli trade was a first rounder. So, uh, so yeah, stretcher job for Pac Man Jones, who I guess was famous for where was he? The Bengals. He was the Bengals. It was the Bengals? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Christian tries climbing the cage to avoid Abyss, like you mentioned. There's barbed wire all over. Sting gets locked out by the Coalition. Like they literally just lock the cage, and he's just on the outside. Um, Christian. Uh, so Abyss brings out thumbtacks and or glass with him in a little sack yeah. everywhere he goes. Yeah. So Christian, being smart, they have the, t- the three-on-two advantage in the ring, and they're fucking them up. And then he realizes, well, we can't do anything unless they're bleeding, and they're not bleeding. So the easiest way to make them bleed is to reach into the bag, grab whatever's in there, which just happens to be glass. broken pieces of glass. Uh, so he uses it. He grabs a shard of it. Uh, I think he pricked himself because he went like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he grabs one, and then he just slices Abyss's forehead. Abyss is leaking. Yeah. It is a steady deep. flow. It is alarming. So He's wearing a mask. 
And Tess is trying to fight back against three guys. Sting, who's still on the outside, figures out a way in because he has wire cutters. And so he is cutting the barbed wire on a corner so he can get in. He's got the opening, gets in, face buster style off the turnbuckle. You get a stinger splash to Tomko and Christian in the corner. Tomko with a chair shot, double-handed choke slam to Abyss onto a chair, which is actually really nice. I was like, well, look at Tomko yeah. getting the shine. I like that it was in one motion, too. Right? Like He didn't hold him up. Yeah. immediately up and down. Uh, two splashes to Andrew Abyss. He still kicks out. Christian pours the glass out. Uh, test big boots Tomko a chair back into his face. And I was like, that was loves, vicious. That's booting faces or chairs in the faces. Then, I mean, you hate Christian. Talk about Christian being a garbage human being. So Christian, that pussy ass bitch. Um, he, <laughs> he is trying to leave the cage through the one little opening that Sting created by, by yeah. cutting the, uh, the wires. AJ's right on his tail. He's trying to leave too. Uh, but Christian essentially just uses him as bait. He like tosses him back to the wolves. So Christian escapes. He's just on the ramp the the rest of the way here, just looking back like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. Oh, fuck. Crap. Shit. Oh, no. Oh, AJ. Wow, what a terrible situation for you guys. Oh, um, no. They dump out the glass into the middle, the, the, the middle of the ring. Abyss hits a black hole slam to AJ onto the glass. So this brother's clearly bleeding. Clearly bleeding. Uh, you don't even have to check, referee. I know he is. Um, Abyss pins AJ. No discussion whatsoever amongst the babyface group. Abyss hits the move. Abyss gets the pin. One, two, three. Abyss is the number one contender for the TNA World Championship. This was Andrew Martin's only match in TNA. This was only one. So he would leave TNA. He would do a little bit more. He did a, a, a final tour of Britain, Ireland, and France in February, March of 08 before retiring. He finished the retirement tour uh, tour in France, losing to Rene Dupree in a series of matches. He did wrestle two more matches in Japan in 2009, one of them against Lance Hoyt, a.k.a. Lance Archer, which I thought was Shout interesting. Um, unfortunately, test uh, Andrew Martin was found dead in his Tampa, Florida apartment March 13th, 2009, which is just four days to what would have been his 34th birthday. It was later determined by uh, Dr. Bennett Omalu, who was very famous for his concussion work, that Martin had severe CDE uh, caused by repeated concussions and some co- sub-concussive head injuries, causes severe headaches, mood swings, depression, and aggressive behavior. Uh, Test Andrew Martin passed away uh, due to, I believe, a, uh, an overdose. That was his... Yeah. Uh, an overdose of oxycodone. So another wrestler that this happens a lot when we through the history of our covering is they get to wrestlers who we loved as kids or we heard about growing up. And then you realize like dead at 34, like it's a, it's a tragedy. Yeah. Um, you hate to see it and makes every head bump we see just feel worse. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, we've gotten better um, as a society, you know, when, when it comes to, to head trauma and and the way that we we treat uh, and, and look at head trauma, yeah. But it still happens, you know. It's it's quite frequent. I mean, Brian Danielson is a prime example of head trauma, and I hope upon hope every single day that that man is able to live a long and healthy life. But you know, you see you see cases of guys who have taken less trauma than he has. Um, and, and unfortunately have found themselves in situations, uh, that, 
just ultimately lead to their deaths because they they just can't their bodies can't take that you know uh the the human body isn't meant to take that level of impact no uh and it's it's one of those things where like you know as as a fan it really puts into perspective like how much appreciation we should have for these men and women who who put their bodies on the line to perform because it's it's fucking tough man what did you think as somebody who was late to the party about Tess? What did you think going back and looking at a little bit more of his career? Oh, I love Tess. Um, Tess was honestly one of my favorites when I went back and, and watched the Attitude Era stuff. Like this, I think he was part of the union, wasn't he? He was a part of the union, yeah. yeah. Him, Mankind, Big Show, and Ken Shamrock. Yeah, like I thought that was fucking dope. Uh, I don't know. He just had like this look to him. Like I always felt like, especially when I was watching that whole Attitude Era uh a thing this is probably like 2015 into 16 like i just kind of i didn't have anyone to talk wrestling with at that point like me and my buddy sean who who i go to these wrestling shows like we hadn't like we just we talk about it all the time nowadays uh but back then we weren't really talking about it because he was he was still on his hiatus from the whole thing so he didn't really Mm -hmm. care uh and i like i just wanted to tell someone like hey test is this fucking guy why wasn't test world champion like yeah. I feel like Tess should have been a fucking world champion. And I still do feel like that to this day. Like if he didn't get shafted in that whole uh McMahon Helmsley regime thing and, and, and came up pretty much looking like a bitch in that whole storyline with Triple H and Stephanie, uh I, I really do feel like there there was a potential for for Tess to be at like I I'm not saying he's gonna be a main event guy, like he's right there with Stone Cold and Austin and all those guys, but like if we're giving fucking runs, like like one-off runs to people, why couldn't Test get like a, a month or two as world champion? I feel like it could have worked out. I think in, in a different timeline, Test does get to the world title picture. But I think it's just interesting how many different ways he appeared and was part of it. Like obviously TNA, his run with Scott Steiner. There was the fact that he was a major player in like the like the the next level down of the invasion angle. Like he was a big yeah. part of it. Like having the IC title at the time of the invasion is a big fucking deal. Um, yeah, you know he had multiple WrestleMania appearances. He was always present. And then I mean, we talked about. I let you know that he dated Stacy Keebler. If you really want more things to be proud of him for, he also dated Kelly Kelly for a number of years. So motherfucker, test pulls, man, test pulls. It was Riz God. Riz God test. It was really fun to look at the career test. Um, again, somebody we lost too soon, but man, somebody who just like he added to the to the tapestry. You know, it was good to have a yeah. guy like Test. He had a good look. He could he could go out there and give you a good match. It was never a, an outstanding promo guy, but he never needed to be. Um that wasn't part of the bag. You know, he had the rest of the stuff. He, that just wasn't what he had. Yeah, typically when we cover a wrestler who's passed uh, too soon, we, there tends to be like the sad moment. Uh, well, I, I don't, I don't want that with Test because I, I just feel like there should, like Test was fucking awesome, you know. Yeah. Like this isn't, this isn't just some mid card guy who, who you know, kind of fell through the cracks and then, you know, sort of lost his way in life throughout the years, and and, and you know, I think passed away. Like this is a guy who had like real potential and. Um, you know, maybe in a different time period, like if test were test like that, that original 99 into 2000 run type of guy, uh, in like 2005, 2004, somewhere in that range, I think he's a fucking star. 
Like yeah. he is like a, a top level main event star. Maybe not face of the company. Uh, like he's not John Cena, Batista, but maybe he's in that mix, like right beneath him, where like Edge was, where yeah. or, or, or like guys like that in that time period. You where know, Booker like, T lived for a while. Yeah, yeah, Booker T was there. Rey Mysterio somehow managed to to sneak into that fold as well. Like just just like the the not like face of the company people, but the guys who are main eventers just below them. Yeah. All right, so it's good to talk about Test next week. Another one word name we are looking at the career of tatanka next week somebody who we both have heard of but know absolutely so little about so we're gonna and look his at career the- is way longer than literally anyone expects it's absurd a <laughs> uh, little bit of housekeeping stuff wherever you're listening be sure to rate five stars and tell a friend also subscribe if you're not subscribed super easy on your phone where you're listening, just find us, hit follow, hit subscribe, whatever button is there. But tell a friend, go and listen to any of these episodes. We're so far deep. And the fact is you can go back and listen to any episode. They stand alone. Tons of content for you to go back and listen to three years worth at this point. Also, fullpresswrestling.com will have the links to all the matches. So go there. Also get any wrestling news there. Fullpressshop.com to cop the merch and support the boys. Tatanka next week. But it's time for everyone's most important part of the episode. Javier, any final words for the people? This week on Life Advice with Javier. Uh, you know, I'm going to be honest with everyone here. I don't really have much this week. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think about one on the spot. But, but honestly, I'm, I'm, kind of, uh, I'm kind of struggling here. Because, you know, life is good. Life is great. Uh, and when life is good, life is great. Life is, life is kind of hard to give advice about. My real advice for for everyone here honestly uh okay you know there we're we're getting to we're in february we're getting to the time of year let's say there's like a younger people listening to this who are in high school maybe they'll go off to college next year maybe they're they're moving away from college into to their own adult world into the adult world uh at the end of in a couple months or whatever uh roommates no one likes them but you kind of have to deal with it um, let's say you, you get a roommate out there. I'm sorry. I'm starting to learn this again. Uh, I've recently moved in with my girlfriend. Uh, it's, it's been fun. Um, and like, I, I think what, 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 uh, what needs to be taught that, that no one really prepares you for when it comes to like the whole roommate situation is kind of you're, you're coexisting with another human. Yeah. And that that means the sharing of responsibilities. I'm not saying that everyone needs to like get chores or whatever. You're not living with your parents, but there should there should be a mutual splitting of responsibilities in the household. So yes. like the way that I've split it up here is we you know I handle the kitchen, I do the cooking, I do the cleaning in the kitchen, all that other stuff. She does the bathroom. I do not want to do the bathroom. I do not want to deal with Fair the bathroom. Enough. I do not want to see the bathroom. I'll let her handle that one. Um, and that's that's a good split. And then we just kind of like, there's not a plan for everything else. We just kind of do it together. Uh, I I think that if you're if you're going out into the world and you're you're getting a roommate or whatever, one of the first whether it be a friend or a complete stranger, one of the first things you guys need to do is iron out who the fuck is doing what, uh, how often this should be done. Um, the the thing that led to a falling out between me and a previous roommate of mine was just things uh weren't done that should have gotten done uh there was not at all an equal distribution of the workload around the household and stuff like that and that leads to a lot of frustration and resentment and all that so just squash that shit right away 
figure out who's doing what uh figure out the 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 household how this whole thing wants to do wants to be situated because you guys have to live together for however long that lease is uh especially if it's with a friend you do not want to burn a bridge because someone's not doing the dishes on a regular basis also here's one if you're looking at who to live with you know if maybe you're in university or college and trying to figure out who to live with off campus or something like that just because you're best friends doesn't mean you'll be good roommates and also to be good roommates you do not need to be best friends that's my that's my sound advice all right Thank you so much for listening. I realized I didn't tell you where to follow us on social media. Follow us at Crossbody Work on Twitter and Instagram. Both of our handles are in the Twitter thing there. Follow us all. We're wonderful people. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to talk to Tonka. Talk to you then. Reach for the sky, boy. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.